The New Orleans Saints may have had to rebuild their defensive line throughout the 2023 offseason, but looks like all systems are go. We got all of that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, you can do so by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints today so you can take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, inside information, and much more. Get head over to joinsubtext.com slash Saints to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's fan nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're taking a look at our Marshawn Lattimore citing some good injury news coming for the New Orleans Saints and one of their biggest stars, Jimmy Graham, also returns not just to the field, but to making plays. But first, we're going to be taking a look at the Saints' rebuilt defensive line, which has been massively impressive so far this offseason. And they all reminded us just how impressive they were going to be again in today's practice. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Tell you more about them here in a little bit, but let's take a look at this New Orleans Saints rebuilt defensive line as we are here for another live episode of Locked on Saints. Let's see those your team every days in the chat. Appreciate y'all very much for being here, whether you're watching live, watching later, watching for the first time, watching for the next time. You know, I love you and I'm grateful that you're here. The New Orleans Saints defensive line had to be rebuilt over the course of the offseason, but dare I say the rebuild may have turned the New Orleans Saints defensive line into a better one going into 2023. It all starts with the addition of Colin Saunders, the big defensive tackle that the Saints brought in from the Kansas City Chiefs, the two-time Super Bowl winner who comes in with the championship mentality and the mentality of a unifier. He's been a guy that so far has been able to come in and not only make plays on his own, but open up opportunities for other players to make plays around him. We see oftentimes that he's able to take up more than one blocker, create some one-on-one opportunities elsewhere, and it seems that his influence is rubbing off on the rest of the defensive line as well. We shouldn't all, we shouldn't give all the credit, of course, to Colin, although he has been awesome to watch. Uh, the other guys, Nathan Shepard, who was added to this defensive line, and even a Jeff, Jack Heflin, who was added out of the XFL this offseason, former Houston Roughneck, just like his now again teammate, John Trey Kirkland over on the offensive side, have found ways to have major impacts on the New Orleans Saints defensive line so far here over the course of camp. Today, the defensive interior, which has been rebuilt, as well as the edge rushers, totaled up what I counted in team drills only, seven sacks today. It was two by Tano Passigno, who we should all just agree we need to talk more about, so we'll start that today. Two by rookie Isaiah Foskey. That's a big one because we were looking for him to show up over the course of this week. Great to see that. 
at the beginning of training camp practice. Now let's see if he can trans transition that to the game on Sunday against the Houston Texans. We also had one by Zach Vaughn. I know he's not a defensive lineman, but he was part of the sacks there. And that's an example of the defensive line taking up opportunities to get a free runner off the edge from the second level. And that's what they ended up finding today with Zach Vaughn. He also had a sack from Nathan Shepard and a sack from Jack Heflin. And that's just when it comes to the pass rush. I want to back up to one of the things that I, I want to clarify here. Yes, the New Orleans Saints defense had seven sacks during today's practice. Some of those were against the first team. Some of those were against the second team. Some of those were against the third team. We saw Jake Hayner get more snaps today, for instance. So I don't want you to take this and what I'm saying about the Saints defensive line preying on the New Orleans Saints offense as a kind of subversive way of me telling you, hey, the New Orleans Saints offense is struggling. I will tell you right now, the offense actually looked pretty good today. It's just that you had these spot moments where the defense got back for what looked like they would be a sack. Remember, you're not actually allowed to tackle the quarterback, the guy in the red jersey, all of that stuff. So I do want to be careful about all that. Um, so when I look at where these guys made their big plays, I want to go back to the Zach Bond play. The reason that Zach Bond got that free that free uh, rush off the edge was because the defensive line took up all five blockers. You watch, you know, a defensive tackle take up two, another defensive tackle, the two defensive ends all take up one. And then we saw the free rusher coming around the edge. Another wrinkle that the New Orleans Saints are adding over to the defensive side that works a little bit more effectively when you're able to take up multiple blockers with a single player. That's where guys like Colin Saunders and so far what we've seen from Brian Brzee, who did have to leave practice early today, didn't seem like a big issue. He got poked in the eye, had to do some evaluation, things like that. They took him off the field. They did some kind of evaluation with him over on the side. You could see him sitting up on one of the uh, coolers while the medical doctors were working with him. And you could see them doing all kinds of like, here, look at this finger, here, look at this finger, follow this finger, all of this stuff. It was not a concussion test. It was just because he got poked in the eye, basically. It doesn't seem like it was a concussion test. Let me say it that way. I'm not a doctor. Um, and so I do think that, you know, he's been a, a good addition there. It doesn't seem like that's going to be a big deal, that that thing about him getting poked in the eye. Uh, so we'll see how that all works out. But he's been one of those guys that has been taking up, you know, a lot of attention on the interior. And then that creates those one-on-one -on -one opportunities for the edge rushers. And guys like Peyton Turner have been winning one-on-one -on -one opportunities. Carl Granderson have been winning one-on-one -on -one opportunities all camp long so far. And now you're seeing it from Tano Passanio as well. Tano Passanio is one of these guys that came in on a two-year deal, stuck around with New Orleans, wanted to stay here, wanted to be back here, wasn't even like a, a big question mark for him. He knew where he wanted to be. And every time that we see him out on the field, he just continuously pops on the field. So, uh, and I don't mean dancing, right? I mean, making plays. Uh, so it's been great to see all that. In addition to the seven sacks, we saw two batted passes. The one of them was actually still caught. Kyle Phillips batted a pass in second team drills at the end of the at the end of practice that Foss Moreau still managed to, to catch, I believe it was. Uh, and then we saw uh, uh, Peyton Turner with a batted pass as well to where he just couldn't get to the quarterback. So got his hands up, doing the thing that you expect to see these guys do when they can't get after the quarterback and what the New Orleans Saints defensive system teaches them to do, which is uh, go ahead and try to get those those batted passes down. We also saw some good moments in the run game. Jack Heflin occupying multiple blockers, which gave a stunting uh, Peyton Turner a clean uh, path to the tackle for a loss. Uh, Nephi Sewell got back there as well through that same hole. So great to see that. You also saw not a lot of run, uh, not a lot of green grass for uh, the running game either, though we did see some bigger runs today than we had seen throughout practice so far. So you're getting a little bit of both, right? A little bit of back and forth, the offense and the defense. 
Uh, but it's been really, really great watching the defensive line, which was a big concern going into this year, really shape up and look like a very, very strong unit. By the way, all of this happened without Cam Jordan on the field today. Cam Jordan had a vet rest day today. And now you're watching all these young guys, all these new guys show up and make all these big plays in his absence. That's fantastic. That's a really, really good sign for where the New Orleans Saints uh, are. And Isaiah Foskey getting a pair of sacks in today's uh, practices, both against second team, not against third team, both against second team reps or, or in second team reps is really big as well. So love to see it. And I'm a big fan of the uh, new additions and new faces on the New Orleans Saints defensive line. I think they took a, a potential net negative and maybe turned it into a net positive. We'll have to see what happens when we get into the regular season, but so far so good for the New Orleans Saints defensive line. Coming up next, Jimmy Graham made his big return to the field, and he didn't just make a return to the field, he made his return to making plays. It's all a lot of good news around Jimmy Graham right now. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs, the best athleisure wear that you're going to find anywhere. If you're looking for joggers, if you're looking for shorts, you can customize the inseam length. So if you're like me and you like them hoochie daddy shorts, get them six inch inseams, or you can go down to seven or eight, whatever it is that you go for, they got for you. You'd also get things that don't necessarily look like workout shorts, but instead look like shorts you can just wear out for an occasion. Short uh, khakis, things like that, that kind of have that right trim, that right fit for you, but look like something that you would wear, you know, to just like a casual situation. But they got that stretch knit fabric that allows you to be able to be breathable in them shorts. All right, coming. So I appreciate everybody for checking them out because you want to go over to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. Enter the promo code locked on NFL. You're going to get a white tech hat uh, with your order. If you see me out at training camp, you see me wearing it. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you that. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Jimmy Graham made his return to the field and made his return to making plays today, and it was a really, really cool thing to see as New Orleans Saints offense, despite those sacks that we just talked about, did find their moments and did hum uh, when they needed to. Appreciate you, as always, all the everydayers out there making us your first listen of the day every day, whether you're doing it live with us here on the live stream or you're checking out the show later. You know I love you. Uh, so we are taking a look now at the, uh, I just want to start off here with Jimmy Graham. Um, look, I think that Jimmy Graham is in line to make this roster pending his medical situation, right? We, we all know kind of what happened in Costa Mesa. He had a medical, medical episode is what the, the New Orleans Saints press release said. I prefer to call it a medical emergency. Uh, that led to some strange things. He was like arrested and then released to a hospital. And then the team doctor met him at the hospital. They believe it was a seizure potentially that ended up uh, causing sort of the disorientation that had him, quote, wandering in traffic, which really was just like wandering in the streets of Costa Mesa uh, or in Newport, wherever it is that they were. Um, and so not a huge thing for him that it could have been, right? Like the initial reports that came out. And this is why if you're somebody that wants to be a reporter in the business and want to get into this. Remember, it's way, 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 way more worth your time to be accurate rather than first. So when you see all of these big things come out saying that he was like resisting arrest and that there was like, uh, you know, controlled substance and all this other stuff, ugh, like this could have been a far different situation than it actually was. Now, our big concern is, is Jimmy Graham like, okay, right? Just like in terms of life and health and, and happiness, is Jimmy Graham okay? 
Well, it sure looked like it on Wednesday <laughs> because that dude was balling out. In particular, when the New Orleans Saints were driving from their own 25 and then working on what looked like some down and distance work, maybe some scripted plays, things like that. Um, it is awesome to see him because he had a big catch over the left side that ended up going for big yardage with Lonnie Johnson Jr. in coverage. Had another huge catch. You ready for this? Up the seam. Yeah, the Jimmy Graham seam route is back, everybody. Welcome to 2011. Um, Jimmy Graham on a big seam route with Jordan Howden uh, in coverage. We saw Jimmy make a couple of other big catches in the red zone drills, things like that as well. But the thing that I love was just being able to see him over the middle of the field and the way that he still occupies players. Right after Jimmy Graham was hit for a big catch over the seam, the next tight end to run that route was right on the very next play, and it drew a lot of coverage with his left, John Trey Kirkland, wide open down the field for what had to be a 40-plus yard play on his big over route that came. Well, let me say 30-plus yard play. Let me, not, let me not be too big here. Um, so I am all about what we're seeing from Jimmy Graham here as a part of his return and the way that uh, he has impacted the offense, even just for the sake of like watching the entire tight end room grow, like having a Jimmy Graham in your room has to have major implications for young tight ends that are trying to grow and trying to learn the position. You've got a legend at the coaching at tight end coach and uh, Clancy Barone, who's helping there as well. Clancy Barone and Jimmy Graham, of course, overlapped in Chicago during his couple of years with the Bears. Um, and so just seeing the way that like now that tight end room is starting to draw defenders attention and you've got Michael Thomas who draws defender attention, Chris Olave who draws uh, defender attention. And then you have guys like John Trey Kirkland taking advantage of that over the top. And so you love to see not only Jimmy Graham making plays, but him and the rest of the tight end room's presence creating opportunities for other players to make plays because of how much attention they end up drawing when they're on the field. It's really, really, really cool to see. So I wanted to give an update on Jimmy Graham there. I want to give you an update as well on, uh, I saw somebody ask about the cornerback two battle, and that's been a big sort of conversation over the course of the last little bit. It has not been much of a battle, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that Paulson Adebo has been pretty firmly in the lead from the very beginning. Today, we saw both Paulson Adebo and Alante Taylor on the field at the same time, and they're magnificent together. I mean, they are fantastic to watch. Uh, we also saw a lot of the Saints kind of playing this like three, two, six type of formation, three down, down linemen, two linebackers, and then six, sort of a dime package of, um, of defensive backs, which of course include the starting safeties in Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, but Mar but Tyron Matthew was playing down toward the box and we were watching Jordan Howden playing the split safety role over the top opposite Marcus May. That then allowed guys like uh, uh, Paulson Adebo and Alonzo Taylor to focus on the outside while Bradley Roby manned the slot, for instance. So really, really good to see, but I don't really know that we have had a lot of back and forth here. I think Paulson Adebo has been pretty firmly in, in the lead, uh, but Alante Taylor looked really good today too. Um, in particular in one-on-ones where Paulson Adebo uh, lost on a couple of reps, even though those reps ended up being out of bounds, um, there were still like spectacular catches. But look, when Chris Olave is making a spectacular catch over you out of bounds, that really can't be held, held against you. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm not too concerned about that. We did see fantastic coverage from both players, though, against guys like Kawan Baker and John Trey Kirkland throughout these one-on-ones. And each of them had a win in one-on-one. Several of them had really good stuff to see. So what I would say to you is, no matter what's going to happen at cornerback two opposite Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints are going to be just fine in the secondary. Like their secondary is really, really good. 
I asked Peyton Turner yesterday during the pressers on Tuesday, excuse me, during the pressers, um, how does having so much confidence in your secondary impact your ability as a defensive lineman or impact your approach as a defensive lineman? And the thing he said was, don't stop rushing because they're going to give the, the, they're going to give the defensive line a lot of time. They're going to get quarterbacks into the four, five, six seconds on the snap clock. And so if you can't win with your first move, and if you're a defensive lineman in New Orleans, you have to have a counter move. So this kind of takes us back to the defensive line a little bit. And what we're seeing from them and the defensive line responding to how good the secondary is, whether it's Marshawn Lattimore and Paulson and Debo, uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Alante Taylor or Paulson and Debo and Alante Taylor, whatever pairing of those two cornerbacks is out there, what the defensive line is learning is, hey, I have a real opportunity here to just keep going. And you have a bunch of high motor guys, Foskey, Peyton Turner, Carl Grandison, Nathan Shepard. Uh, uh, Colin Saunders, uh, Brian Brzee, Jack Heflin, like all of these guys, Tano Passanio and more, right? You know, Cam Jordan's got it. Um, all of these guys are high motor guys. So that pairs extremely well with that symbiotic relationship between the defensive line and the secondary. And with the way that Todd Grantham is coaching up this defensive line, I know I just kind of shifted back to the defensive line conversation, but I promise this, this is connected to the secondary and their coverage. The way that Todd Grantham is teaching these guys in the defensive line is to their strengths. So a guy like Nicolalos, who loves to use inside moves, he's getting coached up on his inside moves. It's not necessarily just about, okay, you're really good with your inside moves, but I want you to be better towards the outside. So we're going to focus on coaching you towards the outside. No, no, no. It's you're really good on your inside moves. So let's keep building what you're already successful at. And let's see if we can add some of those outside counters for you as well. So that if you don't get there on the first push, your secondary has your back. That quarterback still has the ball in their hands. You need a counter. You need a second pass rush plan. So that's the big thing that I think you're seeing with these guys. What I would say when it comes to um, when it comes to Paul Sadebo and Alante Taylor is that more than likely you're just going to see them rotate throughout the season. Paul Sadebo is going to start some games. Alante Taylor is going to start other games. I won't be surprised to see that based upon what the matchup is with that second corner or with that second wide receiver rather uh, that's opposite, you know, or whoever's taking those right cornerback snaps or right wide receiver snaps or whatever, uh, because. Marshawn Lattimore splits the field, right? He plays one side of the field, the other corner takes care of the other side of the field, and the safeties are over the top or playing down in the box. It's a lot of good structure there for the Saints defense. So I wouldn't be surprised just to see Paul Sandeep and Alante Taylor just rotate throughout the season. All right, coming up next, we're going to get to your practice notes. And speaking of Marshawn Lattimore, good news, good news on the Marshawn Lattimore injury front. Got that coming up for you as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by your friends at LinkedIn Jobs. Think about all the times that you were looking for a job and how often you went to LinkedIn. Well, now if you're a business owner, a small business owner or otherwise, and you're looking to hire, you should go right back to that same place. You trusted them to find your job. Now trust them to help find the right fit for the job that you have open. You want to be 100% certain, 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. They give you a bunch of simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on the candidates that have the right skills and experience that you're looking for so you can quickly prioritize those that you want to interview and subsequently hire. You could also update your hashtag hiring frame on your page to help spread the word that you're hiring. All of these and more are why small businesses voted LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free 
today at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with our Lanyap. For those of you that don't know what Lanyap is, this is where we talk about a little something extra. Lanyap is very popular down here. Of course, I'm a New Orleans native, a born and raised New Orleanian, uh, although I spent most of my time out on the West Bank, not going to lie. Uh, shout out to the West Bank. Uh, but um, when we say Lanyap, we mean something extra, something, a little, little something, something off the top, right? So when I say we're going to do a little bit of Lanyap, Always mean a little something extra. So what I want to focus on now is an update for you on cornerback Marshawn Lattimore. Then we're going to get to our land yet, which are the practice notes from today. So the quick update on Marshawn Lattimore, which is a positive one, is that he was back at practice today. He didn't participate in team drills, seven on sevens, one on ones, anything like that, but he was back at practice today. He did the stretch portion, which is literally exactly what it sounds like. Offense sits on one side, defense sits on the other side of the 50. Everybody does their stretches. Then they get up and then they all split up. All the cornerbacks go to one spot. All the safeties go to another. All the linebackers go to another. Well, sometimes the corners and safeties actually stay together. Uh, but then the defensive line will go somewhere. The running backs go somewhere. Wide receiver, right? They, so they split up. They do their individual drills or their position drills. So what we watched Marshawn Lattimore do was stretch a little bit of the, or, or actually quite a bit of the defensive back um, individual drills. And then he left. Then he left. We saw the same thing. Another guy that got a light day today was Ryan Ramchek. Um, and I think that they also gave, uh, I can't remember who else it was, but they gave a couple of other folks light days today. Uh, and so I think that that's a good, oh, it was Calvin Throckmorton. Calvin Throckmorton on the offensive line, who's coming back from a rib injury. He was another one that we saw, did individual drills, and then he went back. Them doing that little bit and then going back, what you should focus on as the key point there is that they were out there doing the thing. They were out there at stretch, they were out there in the individual drills. The fact that they went back is not the highlight of that story. The highlight of the story is that they were out there doing the thing. So it's good news uh, for Saints fans, good news for the New Orleans Saints. I would not expect to see Marshawn Lattimore participate in the game against the Houston Texans, even though the Houston Texans, according to our good friend uh, Cody Davis over at Locked On Texans, um, who's a Saints fan, by the way, um, he covers the Texans for us and he covers the Texans over at Sports Illustrated as well. And he let me know today that the um, that the Houston Texans are planning on playing some of their, playing most of their starters and that C.J. Stroud is going to start this weekend. We don't know yet about the New Orleans Saints and how many starters will play. I expect some starters may play, guys like Colin Saunders because he wants to, guys like Trevor Penning, of course, but we'll see if we get the full first unit out there versus their full first unit. But getting Marshawn Lattimore back for that game, not necessary because A, how well Paulson and Debo and Alante Taylor play opposite one another. So even though you've got the, uh, the, the Houston Texans looking to start their rookie quarterback and looking to play some of their starters, it's not necessarily going to pressure the Saints into starting Marshawn Lattimore, nor should it, right? Uh, so that's that's what I would look at there. All right, let me give you a couple of other practice notes here. We saw a couple of big plays. Uh, I want to start on seven on sevens, uh, and I don't usually start on seven on sevens. I usually focus on stuff during team drills so you know that this was a good play. Um, this was red zone seven on sevens, which is exactly what it sounds like. Quarterback and six players up against seven players over on the defensive side. Usually it's actually quarterback plus five players up against seven players on the defensive side. Uh, but um, an out route to the, to the near pylon, so the, not, the, not the back pylon, but the front pylon over on the left side of the field was thrown from Jake Hayner to Keith Kirkwood with Jordan Howden in coverage. And Keith Kirkwood made one of the best one-handed diving catches, not really diving. He didn't go to the ground, but one of the best like outstretched one-handed catches we've seen in camp so far. 
I continuously put Keith Kirkwood on my uh, 53-man roster. I did my 53-man roster projection in this morning's episode. You can go and check that out after this if you want to. Uh, but Keith Kirkwood, to me, is a shoe in to make the roster at this point. He has grown so much since the last time that we saw him out on the field for the New Orleans Saints last year. He has been consistently working in as the third receiver with Rashid Shahid out. Um, and I didn't put Traquan Smith on my 53-man roster. And the reason why I didn't do that is because of the injuries that he has suffered and that he's not been out on the field. He's actually not even present. We haven't seen him at all. Coming back from the groin injury, he and Rashid Shahid suffered the groin injuries on the same day, back on day nine. And we've seen Rashid Shahid travel with the team. We saw him on the sideline during the Los Angeles Chargers game, during the Saints and Chargers game uh, on Sunday. We have not seen or heard a lick from or about Traquan Smith. And so I assume maybe there's a chance that he ends up making the roster, but then getting moved to injured reserve. Or potentially not making the roster. We don't know yet. But with the way that guys like Shaq Davis, who had another big day in practice today, he had a fantastic route that he ran, sort of a slot fade down the right sideline. Great, fantastic placement by James, uh, by Jameis Winston. Downfield, over the shoulder, beautiful look in and catch. There have been some of those spectacular things that we've seen from, um, from Shaq Davis that maybe makes you think, okay, well, Shaq Davis is doing that. He's helping out on special teams. He's blocking. He's doing all these things. Traquan, like where yet? You know what I mean? And so there's a little bit of that question mark uh, that's out there. But I do think that a guy like Keith Kirkwood in particular has been just fantastic over the course of um over the course of training camp so far. Um I I spoke with Nico Lalos today and got to kind of ask him a little bit about what it is that he's kind of adding to his game and stuff like that, because we saw that great three sack, um, that great three sack uh game or, or quarter rather that he had against the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, and, and a big thing that he's looking for is just to show consistency, right? Like you have a big fourth quarter with three sacks and a pass breakup against the third team or fourth team players in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. That's all, all great and good. And, and you probably just had the quarter of your life there. But how do you now turn around and show, okay, that wasn't just because I was going against guys that aren't making NFL rosters in the fourth quarter of a preseason game. And instead... I, I can show you that I can string this all together. So he missed practice yesterday. He was back at practice today on Wednesday. Uh, and we didn't, it was, it was a little bit of a quiet practice for him, but we didn't see a lot of, of him either. So hopefully he continues to get more and more opportunities. But I want to just mention that I spoke with him and, uh, well, media spoke with him, right? But I, you know, I got to ask a, a bunch of questions because it was a smaller scrum. Uh, and it was, you know, just one of those things where you're just kind of looking at like, how does this guy gauge where he is and everything? And he knows he's got to show consistency. And so hopefully he'll get more opportunities to do that. Not so much today, uh, but hopefully he'll get more and more of those opportunities. Um, all right. And then the only other uh, big play that I wanted to highlight, there were actually two. I, I mentioned the John Trey Kirkland one, uh, but there was also another big play from Derek Carr to Chris Olave. And these two just look ready. Like I think Chris Olave, assuming he plays, let's say 15 to 17 games in 2023, he's going to wake up with a thousand yards and seven touchdowns. Like, I think that's just going to be, he's just going to wipe his eyes September 10th that morning. And then he'll have a thousand yards and seven touchdowns uh, on his ledger because he is just that good this year. Um, it was a great over route on a play action, deep connection down the right side of the field. Uh, really, really beautifully executed, beautifully placed pass. Derek Carr, very strong with that route. So definitely watching those over routes going from the left side of the field to the right side of the field or the right side of the field to the left side of the field being a big part of the game. And when you're looking for an over route, what you're looking for is not a sharp cut when you're like pushing up field and then a sharp cut inside. What you're looking for is kind of this rounded route that crosses the entire field from one side to the other. And so you're just trying to get long speed 
and beat the guy on the opposite side of you that's stuck in trail technique. And we're seeing the New Orleans Saints use a lot of that. And uh, we're seeing a ton of not only them working on it, but completing it and getting it all done. So I love it. All right, y'all. Um, fantastic stuff all throughout. Uh, Michael Thomas had a touchdown on seven on sevens on a fantastic whip route as well. I want to make sure I highlight that. Uh, but really, really good stuff from the New Orleans Saints today. Uh, tonight, just getting you ready with another show. We'll have that up for you tomorrow morning. I appreciate all y'all, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. In tomorrow's show, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Ellis Merriweather, why I think he deserves a 53-man roster spot, uh, and some of the guys that are really having some like make-or-break weeks here in terms of holding on to or jostling for their position or roster spot throughout this week. So make sure you tune in for that tomorrow morning, followed by, of course, another live show in the afternoon after practice. Appreciate you as always, and I thank you very much for making Locked on Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.